That'd be tough, especially since like the trees. If you drop a bomb on a tree, the tree's like, not today. Like the tree just sits there and deflects it. <laughs> Get out of here with that bomb. Eastern group now turning cold, Angels 12. Bogey Dope Western group. 285 and 83 blocks. Okay, I go well south of the line, 14 miles. Red Knight Slasher 02 copies, clear to engage. Need your clear. Clear the kill, clear the kill. He's a bandit. We're here. Slasher, boy, automatic. All right, welcome to the Air Combat Sim Podcast. I'm your host, Casmo, and today joining us we have legendary campaign creator Baltic Dragon. Wouldn't overestimate with this legendary, but good to be back, guys. I'm happy to see, yeah, the new. Now, let me start it again. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can edit that out. Keep good that to see you, Baltic. <laughs> yeah, good to see you too, guys. And uh, A-list streamer and Z-list personality trickers here. What's going on, buddy? What's up, guys? It's good to see everybody. And uh, guy that plays uh, DCS occasionally, uh, Rob is here as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm the occasional DCS guy, Rob. Uh, hi, guys. <laughs> He's the best, Rob. I'm one of the best. He's our man on the street. Well, we are going to try something different. This is a new new format we're going to do here with the uh, podcast. So I know we've got some longtime listeners. Hopefully you guys aren't immediately shutting it off uh, because it's different and new. And then uh, hopefully if you're new to the channel or new to the show, you'll uh, follow us on all the various places and we can talk about that later. Uh, But we'll get into it. Then the first thing we're going to do is something we like to call... The pre-flight checks. So we're just going to go around the horn and just see what everyone's been up to. So Tricker, we'll start with you. What have you been up to in the world of flight simulation? Uh, well, in flight simulation, I've been doing some DCS. Made a couple new YouTube videos, especially for the F-16. I'm working on one right now. And I've just been flying in real life quite a bit. And then uh, caught COVID in August. So I was down with COVID in August. And uh, yeah, haven't really been doing much besides flying and making some new videos. Is the F-16, like, your main ride? Like, is that, like, your favorite? It is one of my favorites, yes. I don't know why, but uh, it's always been one of my favorites. It gets my, uh, it gets me going, if you know what I mean. Oh, I, I know what you mean. Uh, no, what does that mean? Well, Rob, <laughs> when a boy meets a girl. <laughs> or guy. Oh, okay. That's right. All-inclusive. Uh, Rob, what, what have see. you been up to? Have you, have you been able to play at all? Or are you too busy being an adult? Uh, no, well, I I've been doing I've been spending actually a little bit of time trying to uh, do some working on uh, my setup and and also trying to get uh, setup put together for my uh, for my eight year old kids. So I got a Valer Sim uh, rig uh, Sim Pit, and so I put that together this weekend, and I'm getting that strapped together. So the kids can uh, give it a shot. And I'm also trying to figure out whether or not the game, what's the difference in DCS in terms of gameplay. So I'm trying to go down this whole road of trying to get something set up to get them to be able to play. So and not make it too overly complicated. And then I'm also trying to get <clears throat> my my rig set up so that I just got some uh, displays uh, from CubeSim. So I've got a couple of the MFD displays that I'm working 
but it's just not working out so well. So I'm interested in, in looking at the wing wing, uh, wing wing, uh, MFDs that are coming out pretty soon. So anyway, so I've been focused more not only on my dog, which is barking in the background on cue, uh, but also working on some of the hardware stuff. So that's, that's, that's what I've been up to. I have some questions for your dogs. <laughs> Just I'm going to go zapper. I got the collar on. Stand, stand by. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, Do you know what he's talking about, Casmo, with the, the Valera sim? Is that what he uh, said it was? Is, yeah, I did. Yeah. It's it's the same one that Mooch has, actually. So it's um, basically, it's, it, you know, the, it's, it's, you can buy this entire, you know, rig. It's about uh, six, seven hundred bucks, and you can put it together. And I got a long time ago because I was overly excited about it, but never really used it. And now the kids, I figured, hey, this would be a great thing to lock everything down so they don't screw it up. But if you go to valerisim.com, you can take a look at it. To spell that, how do you, I've never heard of this. Um, V-O-L-A-I-R-S-I-M. Oh, I Is see. this hydraulic? No, 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 no. No. Okay, I'm looking it up. It's just a chair... With it's a, a chair with, yeah, kind of cool. Is this yeah, for mainly like racing? It can be for both. Nice. Yeah, this is for says, your kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's. I mean, yeah, I child? thought I was your. I thought I was your child. You, you, <laughs> dad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a long story behind it, and I normally wouldn't uh, do it just for the kids, but I've had it sitting in the garage for like six, seven months. And then I showed the kid, the boys a picture of it, and they're like, oh, yeah, let's do that. So yeah. uh, so that's what it's going to come down to, is I'm just going to get it set up for them and see if I can get them going in it. It'll be fun. Yeah, don't don't be confused, Tricker. He bought it for him. He just never yeah. followed, it, it totally he never followed like through. He bought it for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. honey, no. I, bought it for, I bought it for the kids. No, 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 no. in their future. No, <laughs> and, and if my wife thought that, uh, not go over so well. Yeah. No, that looks pretty cool. Um, I, I'm wondering because I'm pretty tall. I'm wondering if, like, does that chair slide back or is it is it fixed? How's that work? No, it actually it slides back. Um, okay. You actually has a handle under the seat and goes back and forth. And surprisingly, a lot of the all of it's very adjustable. In uh, Mooch, uh, he's using it, and I think he's pretty tall too. I think he might be six mm. two. So okay, uh, it's. But yeah, I mean, I think overall it's. Uh, I was surprised on how I put it together. It took me a couple hours, and uh, overall, I was pretty impressed with it. Okay, well, if they want to send me a uh, free copy to take a look at, I'm happy to do that along with Winwing. I'm. I mean, the measurements are, the measurements are all in centimeters and meters. I mean, who uses those? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I, don't, I was gonna. I, I was gonna know. see if you could sit in it, but it's all in centimeters. Yeah, I heard about idea. those measures once. In Can Europe. you help us out? No. What's, what's yours, yours is completely makes no sense. Like feet. Oh. Don't, don't make no me sense. come over there. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> has feet. So of There's course three it makes of sense. us, Baltic Dragon. There's three of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> BD, everyone has feet, okay? So everyone knows what it means. Yeah. But on bum bum. All right. Uh, well, cool. So, so Rob, other than making furniture, have you been flying any? 
I, I, I haven't been flying as much. No, no. Okay. But I plan on getting there soon. Right, because now you have a fancy chair. Understandable. Okay. Uh, BD, what you, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I've, I've been flying a lot. I mean, I've flying to flying to US. I've been at the Hook. I've been at NAS Oceana, the air show recently. It's good fun. Not flying too much uh, this year because my rig broke down when it was beginning of September and still in repair on warranty in Belgium. So I haven't put up a, oh, really? a kind of, yeah. And I, I, it doesn't look like it's getting back to me anytime soon. So I'm kind of just using my laptop, which slows me down a lot. But in the time I have, I'm, yeah, I'm also in the F-16 working on the Gamblers campaign, starting slowing to work on the F-15E with the RASBAM. Uh, well, also probably working slowly towards new campaign with Mooch. Lots of things going on. I wish I had a PC for that. Yeah, well, that's a shame. Uh, hopefully that gets sorted out soon. But I, I, Tricker, are you like super jazzed about the F-15E or are you just kind of blah? Oh, yeah. Um, I would love it. Yeah. I love the F-15. Yeah, I would I'm love really. A, I would love an F-15C as well, but I'm excited for the F-15E as well. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. That, that was probably one of my favorite planes growing up. Honestly, is the E. I don't really? Know why. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Me but too. I, I think. Well, I like dropping by. I like shooting stuff on the ground, but it's also an F-15, so you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. So. I'm excited for it. When I was uh, when I was a kid, I was in Civil Air Patrol, and um. We would do this thing at McDill Air Force Base every year. They had an air show, and they would have the Civil Air Patrol cadets come out there. And we would—I <laughs> don't know what the hell we were doing. I, we we thought we were guarding the planes, you know. I don't know, but they would assign each of us to a plane, and I guess we would help, like with crowd control. You know, what am I, thirteen? You know, but um, but I one year I I did this like three times. Uh, I did the F one eleven one year. Um, I can't remember second one but i know i know i did an f-15e and um it was funny that the pilots are sitting there and you know talking to the crowd and stuff and i'd, I'd chat with them a little bit they would humor me but right on the tip of the f-15 there was a screw like right on the end of the nose and so like these f-16 pilots came by i guess they were on break or whatever and they walked by and they were like hey what's that screw dude does it hold together and like all of this banter started between the pilots you know they're making fun of each other's planes i thought it was a neat experience as a kid you know just to watch that it was kind of funny how tall you were? How tall were you though when you were thirteen? Like six feet? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was probably like six foot tall. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> That's a big plane though. I remember it being larger than life. The F one eleven was cool too, but uh, no funny stories from that one. Um, well, cool. Well, for me, what have I been up to? I have started getting into dog fighting because Tricker, as you know, because I've flown with you, I, that is not my skill set. By any stretch of the imagination, but I I came back from a trip from work, and for some reason I just had it in my head. I was like, you know what? I want to do something different. I'm kind of tired of flying helicopters, so let me let me start getting into something. So uh, I picked up the F-14. I'd had it already, but I'd never really touched it. Uh, but I decided, you know what? I'm going to learn this plane a little bit more than just cursory level. So I've been flying it and getting into dogfighting. I've actually been playing with Growling Sidewinder a little bit. Uh, he's been showing me some tricks and stuff. So. Um, that's what I've been up to because I do want to. I know Tricker, you and I a couple times have tried on stream to go do some like uh, F5 stuff on the Cold War server, but I right. don't know what the hell I'm doing. I generally get shot down within two minutes, but uh, I, I I strive to be good enough to fly with you, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. Well, I we'll think. Get um, soon. Well, we need to. Yeah. 
Need to get uh, Mooch in the back. Well, and maybe it, Rob. Yep. Yeah. Well, I talked to Mooch. I think I told you. I have had conversations with Mooch, so he's he's on board. I know he's been flying with you, uh, so we can definitely get something going with that. But um, but anyway, speaking of dogfighting and all that kind of stuff, Rob, you mentioned, uh, or I'm sorry, Baltic Dragon mentioned uh, Tailhook, and I know both of you guys went to that. Uh, yep. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, what is Tailhook? Like, because the only thing, unfortunately, that I know about Tailhook is like the Tailhook scandal from like the 80s. <laughs> so what? hopefully you guys yeah. didn't have that going on. But tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously you wouldn't tell us if it was, but um, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> oh, you read all about it in newspapers at some point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, uh, in, in Baltic, jump in here, but, you know, the... You know, so the Tailhook uh, Tailhook uh, convention is held once a year, and in Reno, and essentially it's a a convention where uh, naval aviators or those uh, are associated with uh, naval aviation get together. And since we've been part of uh, BVR Productions, which is a fighter pilot podcast, uh, we've gone to this for a couple of years now uh, in a row. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been really educational. There are also a lot of uh, uh, military defense contractors there. So talk about getting to see some really interesting flight sims. I think they had the F-35 flight sim there. They've had some some other ones. So it's been pretty cool. But <clears throat> basically get to, uh, we got to hang out uh, with uh, the gang and uh, get to go around the convention and see all the uh, different displays and we got to hang out with mooch for a while so it's really was a fantastic time for everybody to get together and uh and you know be in the environment uh it's interesting because you know i was talking to boat who's an air force officer and i said does the air force have something like this and he says nope nothing like that so it was really interesting and it's just really fun and a lot of guys i knew from college that are there that i ran into and got to uh, chat with so it was it was a lot of fun yeah it's great you know you see there's probably 200 guys and girls in, in flight suits uh, all around and first lots of in, interesting lectures meetings uh, also as you said those all the simulators and, and other stuff you can do also just hanging out with those people talking to them uh, turns out lots of young aviators they do know DCS and they've played it uh, so it's, it was quite fun to, to hang out with them for two or three days not so fun to go from Europe to Reno and back in three days but yeah <laughs> price to pay for living in a different place yeah, that, that's an interesting point I didn't think about that so in talking to all these different aviators there you said some of them knew about DCS like what what were their thoughts like what did they talk about or, or at all were they familiar with you and your product or what some of them were. Some of them flew Raven One, for instance, and they liked it. Uh, many of them flew it during or before the flight school because they said it helped them uh, to to, you know, to get through. DCS is good. Basically, everyone said it's very very good for that. So uh, yeah, and then they most of them didn't fly too much because they didn't have time once they really started the training. But most of them did know about the DCS. At least the young guys, the nobody, like older generation. Well, I know while you guys were there, you ran into Mooch and you had a chance to talk with him. So we'll go ahead and segue into that uh, little interview, little discussion that you guys had, and then we'll come back after that. So, hi guys, uh, this is Baltic Dragon. I'm here with Goat and Mooch. Hello. Hey, we're, everybody. 
We're at the tail hook, uh, 22, and just a short uh, catch up episode, let's call it that way. Much. Uh, so, you've been to DCS now for some time, flying with Tricker. Love Tricker, he's been awesome as my flight instructor, slash wingman, slash pilot. But so you're flying almost every day now, right? Oh yeah, you got to, right? So I love it, and uh, proficiency is a thing, you know? So if you want to hit the tanker first look, if you want to get aboard first look, you've got to fly a lot. And I'm gladly doing so. It's so realistic, it's, it's even beyond what I thought it would be like. I love it. So I think we've asked you that before in one of the episodes. But you're flying VR. Or you're flying no. You're flying on no stream. track IR. Track IR. Because that's what RG made me do, right? right. And, and I made him do it. That's made, right. He, he's it, like, you're, it, you will do track IR. It doesn't matter what you want. <laughs> yeah. You think you want. Yeah. It is track IR for you. <laughs> Take your track IR meet. He said to me. Um, so, but I'm. I love it, right? And everybody's like, as we know, there's a big VR versus track IR mafia. Um, so. For content creation, which is the logic we used, um, track IR is uh, is less irritating to watch, smoother, the resolution is better currently. Yeah. I have done VR with uh, my friend Virus, Tom Ketry, who lives in the greater Annapolis area. The resolution wasn't awesome, but uh, I get it, right? I mean, total immersion. I'm not opposed to doing VR in the future, but I really do like track IR. Yeah, it's good. I think it's pretty pretty good. So you fly mostly multiplayer, like with with, with someone else being No, good. I fly mostly just proficiency, uh, you know, quick mission, doing the CQ aboard one of the supercarrier modules, right? So my proficiency hops start with a cat shot, I go up and hit the S3 tanker, get a couple thousand pounds and then come back into the pattern and bang out a few traps. So that's what I do, I, I guess, mostly, but we've done, a, with Tricker, we have done some stuff on his server, um, which is multiplayer. I haven't done a full up mission yet. I, I look forward to doing that. I have yeah. a Discord server, as you guys know, and, and uh, I have some very avid DCS players who are patron, Patreon patrons of mine, and they're pushing towards bigger and bigger things. And so, you know, I barely dipped my toe in the water and I'm excited to do missions and, yeah. and really do all of the stuff that makes DCS great. Well, it is great. You know, we'll have a new S3 model soon, which really? will look much better than the current one. Yeah. Well, the current one isn't bad, right? <laughs> but okay, great. Yeah. No, it's cool. No, I'm really, I'm looking, I think it's going to be great when you, as you start getting into this, uh, I think it's going to be really cool to sit there and see how you spread your wings a bit further with it and uh, start getting out into the multiplayer. But Tricker's been, I think, a great uh, instructor uh, and just a good guy overall. But he's... he's Shout out to Tricker. Yeah. Shout definitely. out to Tricker. No, so, RG, you, you knew he would be good in this role. That's why you... I knew I would suck him. in that role. But, yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah, we definitely... Well, in the early parts, it was sort of like, where does RGN and Tricker begin as we're trying to get my my configured machine up to speed um, and because he's of good cheer and very savvy it worked out great yeah. it wasn't even an issue right and so I think me choosing the Tomcat to start has been uh, an accelerant in terms of my learning curve so when it comes to binding or other sorts of things you know I'm already kind of there if I was starting from scratch 
I, I don't think I would have chosen the Tomcat, right? I'd choose right. the Hornet. Um, but because I've flown the 2F95, which is the real Tomcat simulator back in the day, and was the maintenance officer where I knew how to start the airplane and do all the wing sweep stuff and pre-flight checks, the front seat has been, you know, not easy, but I've, it's been kind of a, uh, a natural. And then we're still working on binding the rear cockpit because um, everybody's like, Mooch, we want to see you as a Rio. I got it, and I, I want to do that. And I've done some training on my Discord server with some SMEs, and uh, I look forward to getting back into the rear cockpit and doing BVR timeline stuff and all the stuff that uh, I enjoy some real-world expertise around. So one of the things we may want to look at is giving you uh, another stick to put on the side for the uh, for HCU. The yeah, for the FLIR. Oh, okay. So Absolutely, so, yes. So we can we can certainly get that, and so that's something we can certainly do. So do, is there a FLIR stick? We so can, who, who makes it? Is it uh, Thrustmaster? I don't think it's a specific one, but oh. I think we get one from Verbal. Sort of generic Verbal yeah. uh, FLIR stick? Yep. Great. Yeah. So Lantern, yeah. my last tour as CAG Ops, we did Lantern over southern Iraq. So very excited to start to get back into that display and, and symbology. Yeah. So we'll start, trying to, we'll start trying to put that one together for you, get you the gear and start moving in that direction. And then uh, maybe as you uh, can get trick in the front seat, you in the back, get everything bound up, and go from there. That's what that's what we're gonna do, and we'll we'll do that uh, on my um, Twitch channel. Um, and we've already picked who's on the wing, very proficient pilot and in Rio. Uh, so that'll be a very cool sort of signature event. Yeah. Well, one of the things, did you get a chance? I We didn't get a chance to do it. We had wanted to, but to take a look at the Lockheed, the F-35 sim. I, I did that was not. Here. Oh, you mean here? Yeah. No. no. Yeah, I've it, flown it before. I flew it uh, out in, at National Harbor during sea air space. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's great. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty cool. So, But we didn't, We got some pictures. We'll go ahead and post them uh, on Facebook, but uh, but we didn't get a chance to, to get in that. But to look at yeah, it's pretty fantastic. So which next, so after Tomcat, so which one will be next? F-18C. F-18C. For sure. Yeah. Helicopters? I mean, I've I've got some rotary wing time, so I would love to try the Apache module. Um, so I'm not opposed to that. You know, I mean, it's, it's crawl, walk, run, right? Yeah. And so I want to get fully immersed in the F-14B, both cockpits, and do grow to real-world Battle of Britain kind of stuff. And then we'll go F-18C, and then, you know, I want to do some Warbirds stuff. Yeah. Right? There's some cool scenarios. And the more history episodes I do on the channel, the more intrigued I am with, uh, you know, the air war over Europe and that kind of thing. You know, I'd love to fly the Spitfire. I'd love to fly the Messerschmitt. Um, so, yeah. I mean, this is the beauty of DCS, right? Exactly. You know, this, this, there's just a, a whole world to, to dive into. And now we're getting more and more announcements of new models, new maps. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you saw this, uh, the Sky Raider is one that they just announced on Friday, which looks pretty, pretty awesome. Right. So, I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading a book about, I'm getting his name wrong, but Dieter... He was a POW who was an A1 driver. Mm. Um, so I, I'd very much like to, uh, uh, it's called Honor Bound is the name of the book. And uh, fantastic book. But he's an A1 guy. 
And so I'm very interested in doing that as well. That's really cool. No, that's great. No, I, I think um, I'm sitting there been, uh, and been trying to think about the next. Uh, you know, I've got the F-18 down pretty, pretty much pat, but it, there's also this need to stay proficient in it. So, like, if I, you know, basically it's been a couple months since I've even looked at the F-14. And then I also want to, you know, they've had a lot of changes on the F-16 module recently, which I've wanted to get into. So we've really been looking at Tricker coming in and trying to make some changes or uh, putting together some content about the F-16. So I think that'll be pretty great. Yeah, so tell me about, uh, tell me about campaigns. We've just been talking to Mooch about the F-14 project. We'll probably start early next year about possible scenarios so we we're looking at the prime mantis yeah so that time. that as a starting point is very cool uh, a lot of different assets in that and then grow it from there uh, so that's just to tease it out and this is you know pretty far the way over the horizon uh, but uh, yeah that 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 will happen and so it looks like it's going to be a straight of hormuz persian gulf thing so yeah, so yeah. semi-historical scenarios, we'll start with historical Semi-historical, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Start with the Prime Mantis and then we'll go from there and, and then let it Like all good the... Baltic Dragon scenarios, they are scalable, <laughs> they involve multiple assets, you know, you, you got to show up with your act together, you know, yeah. they're challenging is a good way to put it, right? And they're totally immersive, so that's what we want to do with whatever Mooch version of it we do. It's going to be amazing. And then when we when we get F-35, we'll do the Punk War 4, right? Yes. <laughs> and that'll be a Far Eastern, you know, second island chain, taking Taiwan kind of thing. Right? So, yeah, look forward to it. Cool. Okay, very good. Thank yeah. you very much, dude. Well, it's great to see you guys out here at Tailhook. It's always fun to be here, and uh, specifically Baltic Dragon. Yeah. And we'll look forward to seeing you in D.C. Next week. Next week. Yeah. Always awesome. a pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, well, that's a cool, uh, cool experience. I, I mean, I, uh, do they always hold those out in Reno? That tailhook thing? They do. They used to be in uh, Vegas, but I think to your point, after the event back <laughs> late in the '90s, they moved it out to Reno. So weird. Um, well, it's actually okay. near Fa uh, Fallon Air, uh, Naval Air Station, Fallon. So, yeah, that um, actually makes more sense. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Um, so, and cool. it's pretty, and it's interesting. Some, I think Mooch was saying that. Depending on whether or not they have an air wing there training, they may have more people actually at Tailhook. But, you know, it's just really cool. I mean, I think compared in contrast to, you know, historically where it's been, you know, as as BD just said, I mean, if you go there, it's just, you know, it's all guys and gals in flight suits walking around. So it's just really cool. Yeah. Really cool to see some of them have those, have those funny like party flight suits in, in weird colors like black yeah. or bright orange uh, yeah. with, with different f funny patches on them so yeah it looks, it looks amazing sounds like a lack of standards and discipline to me but you know that's fine i'll let the navy guys do what they want to do <laughs> um <laughs> yeah no that's cool. I, I'm, honestly when i first came into the army for aviation you know we kind of did a lot of the same thing you know it had patches and stuff and then, you know, the Army just hates people not looking like everyone else in the Army, and they hated pilots for it. So they started to really put a kibosh on us doing stuff like that. But um, I think it's it's starting to come back in the culture 
uh, where guys are wearing patches and stuff on their uniform. So I, to me, that's a huge part of military aviation. So I'm glad to see that other places embrace it versus try to squash it like, uh, like unfortunately, we did in the Army. But uh, good for them. Um, well, cool. Let's transition. I know uh, it's been a while since some of these announcements came out, but there has been a ton of uh, recent announcements from Eagle Dynamics regarding DCS releases. There's maps. There's planes. Um, hell, I've lost track at this point of how many planes have been uh, released or, or announced for release by different third parties and there's a couple maps uh what are you guys most excited about what do you what are you what are you looking at i'm really looking forward to the f-15e uh whenever it gets there bd you said you're doing some beta testing on that yeah not beta testing i'm starting to work on the training slash uh yeah mostly training i mean some of some of it is already ready for it and it's going to be going to be a very fun plane uh, to fly yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be fun. I don't even Yeah. You're gonna have to remind like remind me. There's so much crap coming out. <laughs> Not crap, but there's so much stuff coming out. I don't even remember. Good crap. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Uh, there's so many. Like the F four, like the F four from Heatbler, the A six, um Tornado. The Tornado. Tornado, sorry. Yeah, co map. I, mean, I figured you I figured you were gonna say tornado. I said tornado. <laughs> of of all say? people. <laughs> <laughs> of all people. I thought they all say tornado. Tornado over there. Well, I think the problem too, Tricker, at least for me, is some of these planes I've never heard of. I'm just going to be honest. I know that's going to hurt some people's feelings, and uh, and that's okay. But I'm kind of looking through the list here. So uh, let's see. What were the announcements? All right. So first announcement that I'm seeing, DCS Cola Peninsula map. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is a northern that's where tip they make of Europe. Coca Cola. That's where they make Coca Cola products. That's, that's yeah. A lot true. of people don't know that, but that's true. That's, um, the polar that's bear where they is from there. That's where they get the polar the, bear from. The, the freshest pr- cola, cola batteries. No, the co- in, cola batteries. Okay. The bacteria over there. Cola the cola one. <laughs> yeah. That's what they put in the Coca Cola that makes it so delicious. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for agreeing with me, Rob. That's what makes it spicy. Um, and then we've got. The uh, what is what is this? The DCS Kafir, K F I R. Yeah, it's Israeli. Sorry. Israeli thing. It's it's a nice one. Okay. Well. Okay. Is that like a? That's I'm looking at it. That's a Cold War era plane. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Pre 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 glass cockpit. That's what I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, I know next to nothing about that plane. I know nothing about that plane. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, We've got the Sinai map. That'll yeah, be a good map. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm torn on maps. I don't know how excited I get about maps anymore. Because I feel I'm torn like we're too, getting, but I, I, I feel like we're getting maps for places that I don't know that I want to map for. But at the same time, whatever something new is fine. Um, I know everybody's screaming about a Vietnam map. When are we getting a Vietnam map? I guess all I can say is I'm, I don't know that the performance would be able to keep up with a Vietnam map. What do you think? That'd be tough, especially since, like, the trees. If you drop a bomb on a tree, the tree's like, not today. Like, the tree just sits there and <laughs> deflects it. <laughs> get out of here with that bomb. Yeah, it's like, get out of here, napalm. You don't belong here. <laughs> That's a really good you point. Put, I, I didn't even think about that. You could seriously put troops under a tree, and if you drop a bomb on that tree, the tree's going to be like, whoopah. 
Get out of here. <laughs> just, just swat it away like like volleyball. Yeah. Well, I'm sure um, Baltic Dragon can attest to that with his campaign stuff. Oh, I mean, I think it will look like a little bit like Mariana's map, but with much more land and trees. And Mariana's so far is not very friendly when it comes to CPU and all the other stuff. So, yeah, yeah it might be tough. Yeah, so I, I I say that because I always see it every time somebody announces a map. It's where's Vietnam map? It's like, well, where's your performance at? Because if yeah, if you fly Marianas, especially if you do something down low, I generally have problems, and I have a decent system, so I can imagine a Vietnam map is really just gonna be a slideshow of Vietnam. But um, at any rate, we've got the Sinai map coming here, and then they are working on the the DCS uh, World War Two Marianas, which I guess they just kind of update things and make it look old. Uh, well, and then we've got the BD. Aren't you? Haven't you been specially selected from the uh, the good folks at ED to do something special in Cola? Yeah, so we'll do uh, two campaigns together with Reflected that should be out more or less the time the map is out, and I'll be doing one for the Finnish Hornet. And the Finnish community did amazing. I mean, it's really great response, and I uh, got lots of volunteers for voiceovers, lots of people helping me out with with all the information about the Finnish, Swedish, and other forces. And yeah, it's gonna be set in. I mean, nowadays, so like in the future, actually, so around December twenty twenty two at the backdrop of the Ukrainian war, or the Russian aggression. And uh, we will kind of do a hypothetical scenario what happens if they also elect to attack a NATO or almost NATO country. It's kind of interesting. Cool. You, you, said the, you said the World War II Marianas, but where's the World War II Pacific Theater airplanes? I know we're waiting on the Corsair, but what else are we going to get? Uh, oh, my God. If we get a Corsair, I'm done. Like, that's it. I don't know why. I just love that plane. What what makes it so special? I don't know. Uh, maybe it's it nostalgia. I don't. Yes, because it's blue. Bye bye, black sheep. Well, sure. And there's that. There's um, when I was a kid, there was a game called uh, Aces of the Pacific. Oh yeah, and, I played um, that. Okay, it was you know it was rudimentary as as games were in the '90s, but um, I remember playing. I wasn't an ace, but I played it. You were in the Pacific. I'm sure you're an ace. Yeah. yeah. No, Shut that one, Pacific. that one, and the P thirty eight, I think, would would mm-hmm. sell like hotcakes. But um, yes, but instead but we have the F one hundred D Super Saber, um, which is being that's released. Perfect by... for Vietnam. That's Grenoli. Yeah, well, and that's the problem, right? Because we get it, we're getting these planes, and we're getting things closer to the Vietnam era, which is great and that's exciting. But that's what I think is really also spurring people to say, "Hey, where's the map at?" But Again, I, I I don't think we're there for a map yet, but we are getting the Super Saber eventually. I don't know that there's a timeline uh, on it, uh, and then some textures on the B fifty two, which I don't I don't really care. Um, let's see, we got another map of this one. Kind of makes me feel funny. I don't know, top end Australia map. Yeah, I was a little uh, concerned about that, but I mean, some people <laughs> really want it, you know. But I you know, obviously I I was like, what? <laughs> it took me by it took me by surprise i'll say that right and i guess i've never heard that term either top end so it made me yeah i was like what does that mean but um again once again we, we more playground to play with that's great um i my first question was why like because this is coming from a third party check six simulations and then somebody said well they probably already had it because they're probably working on some non you know 
DCS project, so they have this map data, which makes sense. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to crap on us getting maps or anything, as long as they, as long as they work uh, well. You know, right? And I think the problem I have a lot of times with maps is I try to think of why I'm fighting there, and if I can't come up with a good reason, then I then I kind of discount the map, and that's just my own personal bias. It's nothing wrong with it. You can do whatever you want with it, but I, I oh. that's what I struggle with. It's like, what am I going to do with this place? Dude, you're there to help. The kangaroos or the great white sharks. Yeah, but look at the Caucasus map. It's it's a nice map, right? But if if you are tasked with doing you know, training missions for any module and then find a good reason for them, like the F-15 or something else, to be there and and do those missions in Georgia, why? So like coming up with different ideas sure. for campaigns in Caucasus, yeah, it's ah. No, absolutely. I mean, that's a struggle. That's why we have you. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, it sounds like a your problem, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but um but no you're 100 percent correct i mean that's that is something that it, it it all depends on you know how far deep down the rabbit hole of the the theater of the mind are you gonna go which i i probably go overboard when i think about these things but um let's see what else okay we've got the c-130 which i i'm excited about but at the same time i'm completely blah about i don't know what are your guys thoughts on the c-130 and dcs I think it brings an interesting perspective into DCS for the logistics. I mean, there's already a sure. C-130 mod, and those people are doing the C-130 for DCS, so it's obviously going to be you know a full fidelity module now. So I think it'll bring like yeah. logistics. It'll be, you know, it'll be kind of cool. I mean, I could be like, I'll be flying the C-130, and then you know, you guys can be like a cap team or something. You know, escort me around. Yeah. But it'd get kind of boring. So obviously, I would want, I'd be want, I want to be on the cap team, not the C-130 team. I'm excited right. for those folks that want to see 130, but there you uh, go. That's it. Yeah. I want to be the I, loadmaster. I, yeah. Can we so that way master? I can tell the awesome AI to jump out of the plane and watch their awesome animations and then they'll laugh and then, <laughs> and then I'll move on. Then change all, slots. All, all the guys, all the guys walk in slow motion to the door. Yes. Except for the RPG guy. He, he slides over on his knees. <laughs> that's that's all I'm. That's all I want to see. Yeah, but maybe um, they'll do the AC-130 out of it later on. Well, that would be cool. Thing. Or dropping a yeah. Moab, but that, or dropping Moab. That's like a one and that's like a one and done thing. It's like a Vigan thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like right. a Swedish thing. thing. Yeah. Well, I think Rob has 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 said what I am unable to articulate. I'm excited for people who are excited about it. Like I could care less personally because I don't. I guess like Tricker, maybe you can follow me on this. Like we kind of do that for a living, mm. and I don't know that I want to pretend. Yeah, to that's do what it. I was. You know, that's what I was. You know, yeah. So it's kind of our own personal bias. Um, I mean, I've seen guys fly the the, the mod and stuff. Um, Maverick was flying it the other day. I mean, it looks really good, and, and I think it, it will definitely adds a dimension uh, for those campaigns that people are, you know, those uh, those dynamic servers that, that are going on and stuff. Um, I guess when I look at it, it just seems like all the maps are really too small for a C-130 to do a whole lot, um, you know, based against I mean, what it would be do, doing in real life. But yeah. we, could give, we could give BD some campaign, you know, suggestions here. You can be in the C-130 flying in the cola map delivering Coca-Cola on skis. <laughs> <laughs> to the polar bears. I want ten percent royalties from that campaign. Yeah, that's oh, I can idea. pay them up front if you want. 
Probably wouldn't be that much. <laughs> you can take it now or take it later. Uh, let's see. Oh, well, now, all right. Now we're getting into stuff that I am excited about, uh, generally. The A1 Sky Raider. That looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that um, could be fun. Yeah, this is another airplane that we have for the Vietnam era. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Vietnam. All this Vietnam wind. stuff. And then uh, DCS Supercarrier is up is undergoing its next stage of updates, which will include improvements to the textures and lighting of the Airbus pre-fly station and briefing room functionality. What is the no. point of the briefing room? And like, what, what? I don't know anything about it. I just hear people talk about like, oh, it's coming in two weeks, but. What is it supposed to do? Does anybody know? Uh, supposedly it's supposed to be like a hangout so everybody can join in and you can have a mission commander or air boss, whatever you want to call it, and be like, hey, this is what's going to happen. And everybody has like their own little mini iPad, I guess you'd say. And it just kind of makes you more immersed, like you're actually in the briefing room, quote unquote. Okay. So it's, it's least, like Discord, but within DCS. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Multiplayer mostly, I guess. Sure. Uh, one thing that makes okay, me dread cool. for the super carrier, and it's gonna be cool, like the taxi directors, so they'll like show the guy the aircraft where to go to which catapult. But that means I will completely break all the campaigns, all the missions that are out there right now. And the taxi system, <laughs> and I had to redo them all. And the taxi system is like the most counterintuitive thing that anyone could come up with uh, on a super carrier. So. It, Took a lot of time to learn how to. I mean, you ha basically have to spawn some aircraft at diff different intervals so other aircraft can take off in good time. It's crazy. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But doesn't it? I've even, even some missions I put together, it's like things will switch around. Like if I, I'll put it on yeah. four and then it'll show up on cat three. Yeah, I remember Reflected um, telling me that, that that was one of the biggest things like he had to deal with was whenever an update came out, they would like change the taxi numbers. And then it would just completely, or the parking numbers, and it would just completely throw everything off, and you'd have to go back through. Well, I feel like, not to change the subject, but I mean, I feel like with the super carrier, they always come out with these newsletters every like, three months. It's like, oh, super carrier news, and then nothing. Like, there hasn't been anything for like two years on the super carrier except for the night one, guys. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like there's always something in the news, and then like, there's nothing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't, but I'm not even sure what to do with, like, to your point, like, okay, if there are these views, and, and, and frankly, trying to, okay, if I go to that view, what am I looking at? Is it really compelling? Um, You're looking at semen. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which, so many things to say about that, And right? sea women. <laughs> yes, you're right, sorry. Um, sorry. Well, I, I guess I think of it, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever messed around with a tabletop simulator on Steam, but I, I you can do all these different things like that. I'm, I'm picturing like somebody is controlling what's showing up on like the briefing slides and then, but if, if you have like an iPad, like it's showing that, I, I mean, I can see it being cool, but I also see it being a lot of work to make a, a gimmick. You know what I mean? Like I can already do all mm -hmm. that stuff in Discord. I mean, you sure it's not immersive, but at the same time, like it works. So I don't know. I mean, but that's I think the really... concept is cool. Sure, all hundred percent. It cool. is right. I mean, yeah. but even now, it's interesting because even with the South Atlantic map, right? And we were 
you know, we listen to these guys, uh, you know, the, the developers talking through all the detail. And then I think, Turkey, you pointed out one point of going, well, you know, if, if you don't see it or, you know, you know, where do you want to spend the time, effort, and energy to make a compelling yeah. difference? I guess, I don't know, like, kind of like, I'm not trying to compare the things, but like, remember when DCS was like, oh, there's this new voice interaction, you know, thing that's included inside of DCS now instead of simple radio. Nobody ever uses it. So they spent all this time building this new audio system inside of DCS. It's been around for over a year and I've never heard of anybody ever use it. I've never used it. I'm, yeah, I, I, don't know. I think oh, yeah, yeah. I think we used it in the Apache when we were testing it. Um, and yeah, we had trouble with it. So they were like, ah, screw it, you know. Um, no, I think it I goes back to was, that old... It's, it's more eye candy, kind of like the briefing room kind of thing. I'd rather them spend more time sure. on other things, rather. Right. And I think that's a fair um, comment, because I see it a lot, too. People, for instance, this is the one I always kind of joke about. Uh, we're releasing new textures done to the K50 engine. When is the last time mm-hmm. anyone looked at the K50 engine? Like, I don't... like. I can't go back there and open it, so I don't know why that matters to me. And so I think people I look know. at that and they and they say, well, and they have the same comment. They're like, well, why are you wasting time on that? Where is, um, the the what do you call it the the Vulcan, you know, to make the performance better? And where's where's this and that and the other, you know? And then the response is, yeah, but it's different people working on that. Um, you know, the people that are working on the Vulcan aren't the people that are modeling the the engines on the K50. That's fair. I get that, but. But still, at the grand scheme of things, Trigger is 100% correct. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, what matters is the result. And what matters is what people see. And right now, what people are looking for is an increase in performance. They're looking in certain things to be done. I don't know how many people, on average, care about the briefing room and the supercarrier. Because I think it is cool. Don't get me wrong. I do think it, it is cool. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't need it. I've lived this long without it. I don't know that I need it. But, no. I'm just wondering what will be the single player. I mean, whether it will add something to single player because for the campaigns it will be great and it will be good to be able sure. to use it. But I'm not sure what's the capabilities. Plan. It's for the introverts to discuss with the AI what they're going to be doing. All right, all right, team. <laughs> yeah, wingman number two, you're doing this today. I don't want to hear any lip from you. And then, then he'll do something completely different. Always. Because of the AI. Yeah. <laughs> Too ejecting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All I want to hear out of you is RTB. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny to me. It's surprising to me. I'll say this. It's surprising to me how many people don't play multiplayer. I know we're kind of ch- changing gears, but, um, you know, to your point of introverts, I mean, hell, I'm an introvert, but I can't imagine. I don't have fun playing flight simulators alone. Like, I like to play with other people, but I'm, I'm surprised at the number of people that, that play completely single player um but yeah that's a good point bd like what does this add to that or you know is there some sort of functionality you can use i'm sure there's something but i don't know i'm interested to see it be done just if no other reason we can stop hearing about it's being worked on i remember like uh like two and a half years ago when we interviewed wags for the super carry initially he told us that we would be able to drive it and that was like my biggest thing is i want to drive this thing I don't know if you played Battlefield 1942, but you could you drive the the carriers and the destroyers and stuff. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. But I mean, he told he told us that you could drive the supercarrier, or they're gonna do that. I mean, 
I don't know how cool it would be to be sitting in there going, you know, 25 knots. <laughs> Is there like a big wheel? <laughs> Turn it into the wind. I don't know. No, no, just imagine them like full speed ahead and they grab onto that old school that handle. thing that they got to... Oh I don't know what that thing's called. Yeah, exactly. oh, More we steam! Have, we have aircraft for the final. Turn right, no! <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you imagine the griefers that would be doing that? Yeah, if that was a thing, like oh, on a multiplayer course. server, and some of dudes course. like doing donuts out there. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Um, I feel like we're crapping on ED right now, and I don't mean to. That's not what this was meant to be. But I think we're just having honest conversation yeah, about fun. some thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I still love playing it. I'm going to continue to play it. That's what I always like. I joke about people that declare like, oh, I'm not going to buy another product until this is fixed. Yes, you are. Just shut up. Yes, you, of course you are. You, you, you would, are. If you didn't feel this passionate about it, like it, you're, you're already indicating to me that, yes, you're going to buy it. You're just going to buy it and complain. But um, so... So yeah, we're just having fun. Um, there's a couple more. Um, the the tornado, which we did mention, uh, or mm -hmm. or as we call it, the tornado. That that one I'm excited. There was an old um, '90s game, uh, tornado game as well, as I recall. I can't remember who made it, um, but I, I remember playing that. So I, I I look forward to that one. I think that's going to be cool. Um, yeah, as long as there's a place like... to put your tea. Yeah, we've got to put yeah your tea did they have there. that? Do they have that, like a tea maker? <laughs> I have well, no idea. <laughs> well, no, I only asked that because um, apparently the in in British tanks they had to have a tea maker. Like it's part of the design. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, and I guess it, I guess it had something to do with uh, the guy told me I can't remember when I was I was talking to the guys who made that um, Gunner Heat PC game that's coming out. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And they were telling me about it. Like every British tank had a tea kettle. Like as part of its build, um, and I think it had something to do, if I remember correctly, back in World War II. Like guys were, you know, like tea is a huge part of the British culture, so like they would get out of the tank and make tea, and then it would be like dangerous or something, so they made it a part of the tank. I don't know. Anyway, interesting. Yeah, I didn't, um, no idea. Yeah, you learn something new so, every day. So hopefully they also make tea in the tornado. And then we have the uh, we talked about this before before we went on the MB three three nine. Uh, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Well, that one is coming, and then there's the G91R, which I had never heard of until it was released, uh, this information. Does anybody know anything about the G91R? I'm going to refer that to Baltic Dragon. Nope. That sounds like something ba Baltic would know. Yeah. Yeah. He said nope. He said no. <laughs> I said no. No. <laughs> we, we might need a phone a friend. Yeah, that's a nice. <laughs> well, I guess it was used in uh, in Africa. It's true, and I you, I think you need a maybe a, some type of cream to get rid of it or a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Apply liberally. Um, okay. Well, cool. We know nothing about that plane. I'm sure that's going to piss off a lot of people who are right now. Mm -hmm. Uttering the word, but we're excited about it. We're excited for those people that are excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, uh, that's the new said that right th there. I'm excited for you. Having said that, I think we'll need to get all those guys developing those aircraft on the show and yeah, learn more from them oh, yeah. directly. 
yeah, tell us a little bit about why oh. they pick. Because that's my big question, I think, when it comes to these things. Um, what is the motivation? Because some of these planes, like, literally, I've never heard of. And that doesn't mean anything just because I've never heard of them. But, but like, where? what was the genesis of, like, okay, why did you choose this plane out of, out of all the others? Did you have some sort of affinity to it for some reason? Did you have some sort of experience? Um, yeah, I, I am curious about that. What was the name of that plane again? Sorry. The G G point nine one R. It looks kind of like a okay. saber. Oh, okay. This thing. I had to look it up because I, I had no idea what we were referring yeah. to for a moment. Isn't it's the uh, is it an Italian? I think I think so. I don't know. Yeah, it's a fee. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about this aircraft. Yeah. Well, to go back to we were talking earlier about dogfighting. I mean, I, I think it's cool because some of these planes are kind of that old school. Like, you don't have to worry about locking somebody up at fifty miles and shooting a missile and all this crap. Like, it's. It's all this in close fighting stuff. So I, I am excited for that. I think that adds some cool. You know, I was watching a, a growling sidewinder video last night uh, doing just the MiG 15 versus the the uh, F 86, which are planes me growing up had zero interest in whatsoever. But as I kind of get into dog fighting and wanting to learn more, I find myself enjoying watching stuff like that because it is just old school, you know, just give them the gun type stuff. So I think these will mm -hmm. be, you know, interesting for that. I mean, I say that. I don't know crap about this plane. Maybe it was a terrible dogfighter. But um, at any rate, it's that kind of era that I'm that I'm talking about. Do you, do you find, Tricker, that you enjoy a certain type of dogfighting, like with certain types of planes? I, I want to say generations of planes. I do. Uh, I love the Cold War era aircraft and yeah. anything before that. So, like, like nothing gets your... You know, your thing harder than getting a guns kill because you're like, yeah, I did it. You know, it's yeah. tough. And then, especially that's why I love the F5 so much is after you get rid of your two aim nines, all you have is guns. And it's fun to, yeah. you know, gun people down and then talk crap about it. Like, yeah. yeah, you suck. I just got you with my guns. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, we we have been given grief to ED here today, but it's all been fun. But but I I am excited to see the sort of going backwards in time as we look at new modules and things because I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that want oh, I want an F22 and F35. Why? That sounds so boring to me, because you're just gonna dominate, and maybe that's why you want it. But you know, those things are made for air supremacy. You're just gonna dominate. So what is the point? Like, what's where's the enjoyment factor of that? Um, versus, yeah, exactly, something that is very rudimentary, something that you got to manage. I mean, the F-14, like, even that thing, like, you really got to manage, you know, rudder control and power and things like that, and you feel like you've accomplished something versus I'm just telling the computer that I want to do this and it's just going to do it for me. Right. So so I am excited I for like that. About it. I, yeah, you know, so we're, we're joking about some of these planes, but the reality is I, I am happy for it. Uh, particularly the C-130. I think it's going to be an amazing dogfighter. That's a good one. That, uh, but let me say this, though. I mean, I, I think a couple thoughts uh, about, you know, you mentioned that we've been given ED some grief. I think I think two parts to it. Number one, um, I, I said when we give them grief, it's probably because we just don't understand. Like, why is this sure. or why is that? And sometimes... Uh, as I've said a million times, you know, with software development, you don't know how hard something is until you get into it. Uh, 
and then it's just oh yeah. Harder. The, then, I mean, look, the, the, looking behind the to that point, the, looking behind the curtain when I was working with them with the Apache, I mean, yes, a hundred percent. There is so much complexity going on behind the scenes on that stuff, and I'm sure BD can attest to it with the campaigns and stuff like that. I I do not throw shade lightly on any of this stuff because it is incredibly hard. Um, and and really, you know, we're poking at ED. None of these things are coming from ED. You know, like everything we're picking on, all these are third-party developers. So we're just kind of picking on them, not really ED. But um, uh, but yeah, you're right, 100%. It is it is incredibly challenging. Um, so good luck to them on getting this stuff. Yeah, well, and, uh, and then the other thing that we kind of, you know, we mentioned, but it's, it's a good thing, is the velocity of development on these things is incredible that's been popping up, yeah. which is really, you know, that's, you know, whether it or not out, I, I out want... Of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whether or not I'm going to use the Australia or I want the Australia map, I think it's great that we're seeing the velocity and volume of this stuff that's coming out. It's fantastic. Yeah. So that's something that's really uh, surprising, uh, but really cool. You know that the plan, the long-term plan, is to connect all those maps somehow and make the whole globe, like we have the Microsoft Flight Simulator, which will be awesome, but yeah, it'll take time. But then it's also a lot of um, forward thinking to get the technology for all the maps, which are from different times, to kind of match and work together later on. Yeah, it's yeah. different different uh, third-party developers, so I don't know how they're going to work that out. Well, That's I a think different discussion. Um, that is the one, you know, one of the positives. Like you guys were talking about, there's all these announcements. There's a lot of third party, and I don't keep up with this stuff, but there's a lot of third parties that I've never seen before. So it does tell me that there's a a broader range of people that are getting into the development side of not just doing mods, but actually doing releasable, completed, you know, quote unquote, uh, products. So that is exciting news, and that's good stuff. And yeah, I know, you know, talking to Wags, and I know the Wags have been on here. I think talking about it before as well. Like that is their vision. Like they do want this worldwide map. Um, I'm terrified of that idea because I don't know what that looks like for my hard drive. Um, but uh, right. but I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of workaround to that. But then, but then you start looking at things like a C-130, and you're like, okay, now it's really viable because no kidding, I've got to fly from Germany to, you know, Syria, you know, or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's gonna definitely, and it's gonna definitely add something. I mean, think about like you could do these crazy long-range strikes, right? Like the Libya raid, you know, f- take off from England and fly, you know, around France because they won't let you fly overhead. And, and do a strike. So, yeah, in the end of the day, but I mean, I mean, I think we're talking, you know, our kids will be playing DCS when that map is done, if, if I'm a betting man. Or the, or the one they did on Falklands, with, what was it, 16 air to air feelings? Imagine how people would pissed off, would be pissed off oh, playing yeah. that one. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't Especially make it past the first one. When DCS <laughs> crashes on you. You're on your fifteenth yeah. refuel. DCS has crashed. <laughs> You've experienced an unexpected crash. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Or your AI wingman runs into you, or some. some oh Jesus! Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> Del- delete DCS. Become a Star Citizen streamer. Um, but oh, yeah. Jeez. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, I think, you know, end of the day, it is it is good news, all these releases. Um, the, the, I guess the question, though, and it's a fundamental question of anyone who does follow DCS is, OK, how long? Because that's the other question, right? It's like, hey, we're going to make this thing. And I don't understand this. I will kind of throw a little bit of shade, ED, because I don't understand this mentality. 
because the, the the reasoning is there. They say, okay, well, if so-and-so studio announces that they're going to create the tornado, it, it locks them into making the tornado. And I don't like that because I can announce anything. I mean, I can say, okay, well, cool. I'm going to make the, uh, you know, whatever, the F-22. And now no one can make the F-22 because I've already announced it. Like, how about whoever comes with the best product? That's the one we release officially. I don't think I, mean, I don't think it works like that. I mean, I think it's all been uh, in the background, all the deals, everything else. It's and well, it's all been in the well. Sure, for a there's time. a conversation in the back room under the table dealings. Yeah, well, I'm not. Let me refine what I'm saying. I'm not saying if I just tweet right now that I'm doing it that I'm locked in. I, I get that there's contracts and stuff going on, but my point is this: still, you know, how long have we waited for certain modules that have been announced years and years and years ago? And I just tweeted it's not for you. St- oh, thank you. Good. Did you, what <laughs> am I making? <laughs> <laughs> no, I get but, it. But, I, I totally get what you're you, saying, though. You get what I'm saying? Like, because time is one of those things that people always harp on with some of the stuff. It's like, hey, we've been waiting, you know, five years for the MiG-23 or whatever. It's like, could someone else maybe have made it in that time? You know, maybe someone else was like, hey, I'm going to barrel down and make this one mod or this one module. But they can't because I mean, it's a, already been contracted. Real... A perfect example is the Kiowa right now. Like, what right. happened? Or where, where is it? We haven't heard anything. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, in progress. <laughs> um, but yeah, 100%. I mean, like, it just it, takes takes time, right? Um, but how much time? And so I think when these announcements, I just kind of get announcement fatigue, personally. Because um, I know that none of this stuff is close. I'm sure all of these are years away. Well, I take that back. C-130 is not. But anyway. All right, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and we kind of talked about it briefly already, is um, hardware. I know, Rob, you and I have talked about this offline, that we want to make that more of a, um, a focus. Because there, there are a ton of different hardware-producing entities out there um, making things like chairs, making things like controllers and, and the MPDs yep. and MFDs and all that good stuff. Um, so I did take a little bit of time and talk to... The uh, guys over at Total Controls, they just released uh, MPDs for the Apache module, and we'll hear what they have to say about that. My name is Jonas. As some of you might know me uh, from my call sign Jack Flash, and that is from the Stone Song, not the Whoopi Goldberg movie. Uh, I am the CEO and creator of Total Controls, uh, and we create... Uh, Right now, quite a narrow range of uh, hardware for flight simulators, mainly DCS. Is it like a one-man company, or is it you got a couple guys? It's basically me and my brother. He, he does all the paperwork, and I do all the practical work uh, with a little help from uh, my wife, actually. Okay, all right. So uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty small company right now. How long have you guys been uh, creating hardware? Uh, we released our first product. Uh, last summer, so but we've been the company was uh, founded about uh, one and a half years ago, so it's pretty new. Okay. Right now. Is is this something that you guys have a background in with other things, or is it just a hobby that you've turned into a business, or how does that work? Pretty much, uh, this is not my main uh, work. That it's not what I do for a living. It's right now. It's uh, more of a hobby that I hope to turn into something bigger. Uh, I myself, I'm just a avid flight simulator fan, and uh, I it actually started with, with me developing a, 
my own bottom box uh, just because I needed it because I flew such a crappy formations uh, when I heard had <laughs> I had to let go of the stick just to input coordinates and stuff in the Hornet. So I developed uh, some kind of keypad just to uh, be able to do some quick changes in uh, coordinates. And I posted that one, uh, a few images of my first box on uh, the ED forum. And uh, people got excited and said, yeah, I, I, want, I want one too. So I spoke to my brother and he said, uh, actually, we tried the, the Kickstarter. Hmm. Uh, and we, I think we set a high goal, but we saw that there were potential in this product and we saw that people might uh, be interested in it. So actually it was gamble for us just to put in all our savings in the company, trying to yeah. get it started. And uh, uh, yeah, it was a really, really good first year actually. We sold out the first batch of bottom boxes in a three or four month. Oh wow! Are are you guys still producing that, or did you just kind of move on from it? Uh, no, we are. I think that is the backbone of the company right now. They okay. they multifunction bottom box, uh, but uh, right now we are waiting for parts. Uh, it's, we've been waiting quite a long time right now. Uh, we have everything but the electronics that we wait for so uh, yeah it's uh, I I have a backlog of back orders that needs to be fulfilled as soon as they they get to the warehouse right so how do you how do you construct these so obviously you need some sort of Arduino card and, and wiring but what about the structure itself is it like 3d printed or how, how do you guys create it uh, no actually uh, I didn't want this to be 3D printed. It was that was a quite a long process just for me to figure out uh, how do I want this, uh, and I figured out I want it to be in uh, steel or sheet metal. Uh, I, I realized that a box it's just four walls and a roof actually, right? Uh, and you can pretty much do that from sheet metals, and that uh, gives it gives it a pretty solid impression when you hold it first time. It's heavy and it's sturdy and you can knock someone out with it if you want to. Uh, I wanted it to be the same footprint as, as the Warthog because I designed it to, to, to set next to the Warthog throttle. Right. Um, yeah. Just to be right by it. So, uh, and I, I had a mounting plate, so that's the way I designed it first. So actually it's full metal right now. It's a custom made of metal plates, a metal plate, a metal box and custom made buttons, custom made handles. Uh, pretty much everything is made to fit this box. And do you, I mean, do you design that stuff yourself or do you have, like, does your brother do that? Like, like who's, who's the brainchild behind the actual physical design? Uh, that's me. Uh, I did uh, okay. yes, the 3D, 3D design. Uh, that's, I am a graphical designer. Uh, oh, okay. That's, that, that's what I do for, for a living, mostly. Uh, I do mostly 2D uh, designs, but I had to think in and think about the third dimension. That was uh, mind-boggling for me at first. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I designed it the, the way I wanted, and then I got some help from... Uh, some guys I know, uh, 
guy called Lars who is amazing at doing the uh, PCB design and uh, the CAD routings that needed to be done and I had another pal uh, who, who wrote the software code uh, he's actually an engineer working he did he used to work at the Gripen simulator as well so he knows what he's doing and he loves okay. airplanes as well yeah I think building a button box just in and of itself is, is kind of fun I've never I'd never really messed with electronics but I, I found myself in the same spot as you where I was I was playing um, uh, World War II type stuff like IL-2 and, and even in DCS and just just found that I, I needed something to handle all the the sort of unique World War II things like messing with, you know, uh, radiator, you know, and, and, and things like that and, and different cowl flaps and stuff. And so I created a little button box that I still use to this day. Very basic, but uh, that's interesting that kind of the origin story of, of how you came up with this stuff. So you've got the, the button box and then you guys have just created these MPDs for the Apache, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I love flying helicopters and... Uh, I was not that into the Apache, uh, but I realized that uh, this is going to be pretty huge when it's yeah. uh, released. Uh, the community will want one of these, and anyone who's trying to build a cockpit, most of us have used the uh, Trustmaster Viper MFDs, and right. I realized that we're going to lack quite a lot of buttons. Right. And the size, uh, I think you're familiar with the Apache and the size of the screens are quite a lot larger than the in the Viper. Oh yeah. So we, we, we saw a market potential and uh, decided to go for it. Is the design premise still the same as it's, it's metal and, and all that stuff or do you go a different direction? No, actually uh, this is, was the first ever uh, casting uh, plastic casting that uh, we have done we, we uh, that was uh, basically we we discussed uh, what how we wanted to go f through with this and we decided that we, we have we're going to have to spend quite a lot of money on the mold for the plastic casting and bo both for the uh, frames and the frames themselves and for the buttons because i did not find any uh, suitable rotary buttons so we designed them as, as well and okay. produced uh, molds and it was uh, yeah that was quite costly but uh, hopefully uh, uh, the first batch won't pay off but hopefully if we produce more it will pay off in the end right over time well i yeah. think you know and i don't know the recent numbers but i know talking to these to uh, eagle dynamics just in the past that the Apache, just the pre-sales alone, I think, I think they exceeded any other pre-sales. So like the Apache or not, I agree with you that it's probably a marketable choice uh, as far as over, over time, it's going to continue to sell. So that, I think you've probably chosen the right path. Uh, so I'm, I, I know you reference like the Cougar uh, MFDs, which I'm actually looking at right now because I do have a set of those. Uh, how did you tackle the, the center part? with your MPDs, what, what did you do there? It's like where the screen would be. Uh, actually we did not, we do not have quite as fancy a solution as the, uh, <laughs> uh, 
the Trustmaster has with the slot uh, you slide in a paper. We have we have, have we have our own paper backgrounds that we deliver. Uh, they are replicas from the Apache. Actually, they are replicas from the Apache Natops. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, you can use those. Uh, I myself are flying VR, so I do not need a, uh, a screen uh, in them. But uh, of course, you can use screens in these if if you want to. Uh, we are right now actually looking into sourcing screens ourselves uh, if someone would like them. Uh, but right now, it's just a it's a hole. Uh, right. So I think that opened up uh, quite a lot of possibilities for people flying in VR. Right. building their own uh, or having a Helios uh, solution with a big screen or something like that. Okay. And these are, I mean, are they to scale, like like true scale to the to the Apache or are they kind of size down for, for cost? No, they should be uh, scale one-to-one. It's a real scale. And I, I think uh, we started delivering these two days ago and I think people that uh, get them will be amazed about the size of these because they are they are huge actually yeah, yeah the, the real thing is pretty big so yeah that's going to take up a lot of real estate on your desk what uh how many did you how many are you making like what's a batch number batch number right now it's uh, 300 uh, frames but the, then we deliver them uh, in pairs so we have under 150 uh, orders to deliver in the next coming weeks here Okay, so you've you've sold out of that first batch. I cannot give you an exact number, but I think okay. that if you are interested, uh, I advise you to place an order pretty soon because they will be gone in just a few days, I think. Oh wow! Okay, so by the time this airs, they'll probably already be gone, and then you're you're definitely though going to look at doing another batch. How how long? What's the turnaround time? Deciding uh, we want to start a batch, like like how long does it take to create? Yeah, uh, I think this is uh, one thing that is really hard for me to say. I I am aware of the two weeks notice that ED gives, <laughs> and I, I've been saying that as well. But yeah. I've learned that everything takes much, much, much more time than you think it will do. Uh, right. I've been promising uh, next week or in two weeks, and uh, it will take more than two weeks. So... Let's say that if I place an right, yeah, we 300 frames delivered by train from China to Sweden. I think that took about two months just delivery time. So if I place an order right now, I think I can have it in mid December. I think everything. Okay, and I assume you would have the same issue with electronics, though, right? I mean, you you were talking about with the button box having to wait for electronics. The same problem here. Yeah, yeah, actually, I. Did uh, I did buy quite a lot of uh, micro comp- uh, processors just to be sure uh, when they were in stock. They are out of stock and have been for last three or four months now. So I have some on the shelves, uh, but I think uh, just the producing of the electronics will be faster next time because now we have a company that we know and we they know us so it it will be faster that part okay what you got Hopefully. any uh future plans as far as uh other types of components you guys want to create i have tons of plans <laughs> uh, we just with that wished i had time and money it would be awesome to make a complete t-deck unit uh that yeah. would be uh 
but I think also the Holy Grail, we are looking into uh, pedals, uh, rudder pedals as well, but the Holy Grail would be a reasonably priced force feedback uh, joystick base. Yeah. Uh, but uh, right now that's just a dream, but uh, if I can dream freely, that's that's what I want to do. <laughs> but I think uh, that is what everybody would like in the cockpit, a really good force feedback base that gives you the feel and just to be able to use the trim uh, as in a real helicopter, that would be awesome. I appreciate uh, you taking the time and telling us a little bit about the product and the company. And um, uh, yeah, for those who do catch this, hopefully he's already sold out by the time you hear it, quite honestly. <laughs> Uh, and but you're excited and uh, and and want to get one on the next batch and uh, maybe it'll be a Christmas present. <laughs> we'll see. If yeah, it's yeah, maybe. <laughs> so check out totalcontrols.eu and uh, sign up for the newsletter to just to get everything uh, the latest regarding stocks and uh, sales and everything we we offer. So trigger, what do you get? Do you what do you use hardware wise? Like what is your setup? Do you use any MFDs and all that stuff, like those Cougar MFDs? So I did have some Cougar MFDs, but I have two monitors, like a 34-inch and a 27-inch. And then just trying to set up the Lua file for the two Cougar. So I had the Cougar MFDs, but then I also had like these LCD screens behind them. And it oh, took, really? Oh, it took days for like me and this other guy to set it up correctly. And it was just a huge pain in the butt. <laughs> and how did, um, how did you meet this. this other guy on Craigslist? Uh, <laughs> how yeah, did you meet him? Through, <laughs> on uh, you know, men looking for men. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> he was. Uh, he contacted me on Discord. He was. He used see. to watch my stream all the time. I see. And okay. um, like, I really, I really enjoyed using them when it worked. But then it would just break, and then like, I'd have to go in and edit it. The Lua file, like every time, so you have to like launch DCS, quit DCS, you know, launch DCS, quit DCS, you know, to keep trying to fix the positioning oh, of wow. the screens. Yeah, that's that's oh. the pain in the ass I have because I have, like I said, I got I have some screens from uh, the CubeSim guys, and uh, you know, uh, and and it's a pain in the ass because when I start when if I have to reboot, all of a sudden the displays end up in different places, and it's. And it's really a pain in the ass. So that's one of the things I'm looking forward to with the Windwing uh, setup is that, uh, and we'll see how it plays out, but apparently their software is supposed to make it work. So we'll see if that, that comes to pass. That would be really good because that was my biggest complaint was just constantly like setting it up and I was just like, ah, oh, this is enough. And I, end, I ended up just unplugging it because I was just tired of having to reset it up. And uh, But yeah. I just use the... Warthog Hotas system, and I love it. Okay. If that's what we were talking about for hardware. Yeah, yeah, just kind of talking in general. But, um, yeah, I have those Cougar MFDs. I, I don't have any screens for them, but I use them. But I don't find that I use them as much as I I thought I might, you know, kind of going into it. Um, I really just use them as random buttons, but not so much as the actual MPD or MFDs. But, um the biggest thing I used on them was the brightness controls and contrast controls, you know, when trying to mm. adjust the FLIR because I could just mm. look at my screen and then just, you know, put my hand on the button itself and, you know, do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, when I have, when it's working, I will, you know, I look down and I look at the screens and it, it makes it a lot easier 
then because if I have the MFD with no screen behind it and I have to try to coordinate back and forth between my primary screen and the MFD, that's a pain in the ass. But if I have the screen behind the MFD, behind the Cougar, that works and it actually makes it easier. But yeah, uh, but it, you know, again, it's all predicated on it working. Yeah, right. No, it's it's super cool if you get it working and that's your setup. I mean, I would I'm jealous, but like as a content creator, like I it was kind of just a pain in the ass just trying to get it all set up and working correctly and then also trying to like use OBS to film because like you it's technically you have four monitors. Mm. You, know, you got the two main monitors and then you got the two L C D screens. So you have mm. four monitors and you have to go like into Windows settings to adjust your yeah. monitor. It, like I said, it was just more of a pain than anything. It was really cool looking, though. I'll say that. It's cool looking yeah. when you get it working. Yeah and, yeah, and I think that, you know, Wag said a few months back, he said, we're really in the golden age of peripherals. And it's so true. I mean, so whether you look at, you know, with WinWing coming out with the UFCs and CubeSim, they have their own version of it. Uh, and then what Verbal's doing, VKB, all of it. It's, you know, so we're no longer just constrained by you're really just constrained by your budget and because you know your sim pits and the things that you want to put together you know it's you know there's a lot out there and it's pretty cool yeah and i think um the uh the patent or copyright or whatever it is on the uh, force feedback type equipment is going away so i think that's going to open up some venues as well at least that's what i understand oh nice yeah. Have you guys seen, I think there's been some new, there's been a new, um, I think Verpal came out with a new, um, some kind of uh, base that's supposed to be better for helicopter flying. Yeah, I saw something about it. I haven't looked too much into it. Um, I know a guy who who is not in the business, but he's looking to get into the business. He created a collective that he sent me a prototype and I've been using, and I think it's great. Um, but he's kind of shifted gears and he's working on a, uh, collective base that, uh, has forced feedback as well. So, so yeah, I think there's some, some interesting options and I think for helicopters, that's going to be huge. So when that stuff comes out, it's going to sell like hotcakes for helicopter guys. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, one thing, so I've got, I've, I've got a lot of the wind, wind wing stuff. So I've got, I've actually got the, I've got the, uh, I got the F-18 throttle and I have, uh, the F-16 throttle. And uh, what, and I saw this, uh, there was this video on YouTube, it was, or maybe it was, on, it was on Facebook. It was really cool where this one guy had put together so he could slide back and forth between the, those two throttles. So if he wants to do the F-16, he basically just rolls it, you know, back. And then he, <laughs> if he wants to use the F-18, he rolls it forward. So he's created this, this uh, setup. So it's pretty fantastic. Interesting. I mean, yeah. people have some wild setups, and I, I, I would like to do a show. I think you and I talked about it, Rob, is, is, like, get a few people who have, like, crazy, you know, wild cockpit setups in their home and talk through, like, what they have and maybe get some pictures and stuff and post it up. And because, uh, I mean, I, I, I personally don't like that because I, I that's what I always struggle with is, like, well, if I make something that looks like an A-10... And then I want to go fly the F-16. Like, you know, like in my own yep. mind, it's like, well, now everything looks wrong. You know, <laughs> maybe it's just OCD. But, um, yeah, it's something to consider. And then it's hard to switch in from, 
switch it from helicopters to jets too because you know like i have the collective but it's kind of in the way and now i have to kind of move my chair a little bit but yeah yeah i think there's a lot of opportunities so whether you're talking to you know there's you know what are the choices vr non-vr uh and now there's also this new headset or this new track ir option that some guy's selling off etsy that's gotten some really good reviews um so you know i think you know as we get into it it might be worthwhile and be interesting to see, get some feedback on this from the audience of, you know, you know, what about, what are you using for track IR? I know that some people have uh, this homemade version. Some people are just using track IR. Some are using it with a hat. So it'd be interesting to kind of run down by different type of gear. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. No, hundred percent. Well, a uh, big thanks to the total controls guys for uh, chatting with us. And uh, we'll go ahead and close this up here. And thanks to you, uh, fine gentlemen, for uh, getting all together. I know we've struggled with the schedule because we've got, what, three different time zones. Trigger and I have crazy schedules because of the whole airline nonsense. And uh, apparently Baltic Dragon has a lot to drink. And maybe we'll slap. Yeah, I think he's passed out. Maybe maybe we'll (laughs) leave that for people to wonder what we're talking about. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) <laughs> Thanks uh, for everyone for listening. And, uh, of course, do your part and leave a rating and a comment uh, about the show. Let us know what you think. But only if it's good. We won't read any of the negative comments, only positive energy here. And uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> we'll see you the next time that we manage to get our, our calendars to sync. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having us. It was fun. This has been the Air Combat Sim Podcast a BBR production. Music by Vampire Stepdad. Want to support the show? Check out our Patreon. Follow us on Facebook. And be sure to leave a comment and rating. Good Lord. There's no, there's nobody that drinks more than Baltic Dragon that I know. That's Most people would die. You got quite I'm, the reputation. Are you asking you? before noon or after? <laughs> you, you have more. I've never met anybody that can drink as much as you, my friend. It's just incredible. Uh, just the training we get here. It's part of my job. <laughs> really. And I'm not joking. What, is, what, is he, what does he drink? Is it beer or harder? Everything. Everything. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you, last year, when uh, he, he, had to de- he had to make a decision whether he was going to get a few, whether he was going to continue drinking through the night or get a few hours of sleep before he caught his plane. And uh, he, he just kept drinking. So, yeah, it was sleep on the plane. I'm telling you, man, he's a legend. I have never. It's it's incredible. Plus, if you drink a lot before the plane ride, then the plane ride is a lot shorter because you just pass out. Yeah, he just wakes up. He just woke (laughs) up where he was. Yeah, I've I've done that. I've literally (laughs) drank so much in the bar. I remember takeoff and then suddenly the landing. And I'm like, perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I remember getting off a plane once and I had a feather duster in my hand. I have no idea how the hell I got it. Feather duster? (laughs) That's an interesting story. Were you at a brothel or something? I don't know, man. Did your ass hurt too? Yeah, no, no. Well, Jesus Christ. I get off the plane. There's a feather duster in my hand. My dad's meeting me at the airport, and I'm like, I don't know what to say.